You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first Listen. Listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts hand me my purse is a production of iheart podcasts So I was perusing Karen Wheeler's internet, and um, let me just be clear. Uh, Some of you may not even know who Karen Wheeler is. Uh, First, shout out to Karen Wheeler. Let me just educate you. Karen Wheeler is the female solo uh, artist of the group Soul to Soul from the late 80s, early 90s that brought you hits like Back to Life, and uh, however do you want it? Is that the same song? Back, yes, it is. Who is Soul to Soul? I mean, like, you know, if you don't know those songs, just Google Soul to Soul. They're a UK R&B soul band. And um, anyway, as I peruse Miss Karen Wheeler, and she still looks amazing and still sounds amazing, by the way. Miss Karen Wheeler's internet, I found this little quote, and it says, A gentle reminder... Do not let your empathy for others stop you from maintaining the boundaries that you set to protect yourself. Now, for some reason, I feel like I've read that before um, to open the show, but uh, my God said to read it again if I have already read it. Um, So I'm going to read it again because somebody needs to hear it again. And it might be me. 
wait a minute, it might be me. One more time uh, for your mind. It's a gentle reminder. Do not let your empathy for others stop you from maintaining the boundaries that you set to protect yourself. Boundaries. You know, that's a show in and of itself wherein you talk about boundaries and how to establish them, how to maintain them, how to honor them, how to respect them, how to create them for yourself, and how to navigate the world respecting, honoring, and understanding other boundaries. But for now, for today, we are just going to remind ourselves that our own empathy for other people should not impede um how we maintain our own boundaries that we set to make sure that we are safe, secure, and protected. Mm-hmm. That's it. can't see the thing that I'm doing. Okay. What's up, y'all? Welcome to Hemi My Purse, the podcast. I am Mimi Walker, and I will be your forever host each and every single time you tune into this podcast. So go ahead and get comfortable. Get yourself a glass of your favorite beverage, whether that's an ice-cold Canada Dry, some hot fennel tea, or Samuel Adams Oktoberfest Ale, which, in fact, I've never tasted, but I figure I should since I am October's very own queen, okay? Um, I'm not really big on beer. Talked about that several times before, but, you know, I want to taste it because it's called Oktoberfest, so maybe I will. Or maybe I won't, but I probably will eventually. Anyway, go ahead and light yourself a candle. Some ins- Stop, stop, stop. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, what? I want to say that neither Canada Dry nor Samuel Adams uh, are paying me for this little plug. But you know what? I'm going to pay it forward and I'm going to manifest these sponsorships and not... Hold on to their names because saying their names gives uh, this greeting a little flavor. So I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm not going to edit it out. I almost did, but I'm not because I'm working on not matching energy because it is not beneficial to my spirit. So anyway, stick to the game plan. Go light yourself a candle, some incense or burn some sage. And please, friends and kin, just get ready to chill out and have yourself a good time. What's up, friends and kin? It's Mimi, resident Auntie Supreme here at Hand Me My Purse. And today I am sipping on a cup of hot tea and it's my current favorite hot tea combo. And that is a fennel tea and peppermint tea. When I tell you that this combo has been a bomb in Gilead for my digestive issues and my tummy issues. It is very soothing. It feels really good going down. To me, it tastes amazing. But if you don't like uh, the concept of 
uh, black licorice or tasting black licorice, you probably wouldn't like it. I don't eat black licorice candy, but fennel tea does not bother me. Fennel does not bother me. Um, but if you have stomach issues, I highly recommend it. Uh, try it. it. All you need is a peppermint tea bag. I personally prefer traditional medicinals. Another plug, guys. Another one. Okay. But it's okay. We're not matching energy. Remember that. Traditional medicinals. That's where I get most of my teas from. Peppermint and traditional medicinals. Fennel tea. So you get one tea bag of each. Nothing else. Ain't no honey. Ain't no lemon. None of that. Um, about eight to 10 ounces of hot, boiling hot water. Steep it for about five minutes. Cover it if you can. And then drink it. Um, it doesn't need to be like scorching hot to drink it, but it should be warm. You don't want it to be cold. You don't want it to be an iced tea. But an iced peppermint and fennel tea would be very refreshing, but that's not what we're going for. Oh, wait a minute. Peppermint and fennel in an alcoholic beverage could be very delightful. Somebody figure that out. But anyway, drink it at least warm to hot. And if you drink it regularly, I have a hard time saying that, regularly, it does a thing in your belly. It makes you feel a lot better. And it actually makes you feel a lot better in that moment. So try it out. So friends and kin, for today's jam, I went down to the South. I went to Dallas, Texas, and I picked a song that ever since I heard it for the very, very first time, it did something to me. I don't know what... I don't know what to say or how to explain what it did, but it did a thing to me. And I tell you all the time that when it comes to music, music is definitely connected to my spirit center, but it's also in my bones, my backbone uh, and my bloodstream. OK, and so when I heard it, uh, it's a song by a gentleman. His name is Doro and it's called Ice Cream Paint Job. If you know it, you know it. But the song starts out with a little bit of drums and it says, yeah, buddy, rolling like a big shot, Chevy tuned up like a NASCAR pit stop. Listen, and then the beat breaks down. And it's something about when he says that, that it has to be ancestral. It has to be because the first time I heard it, I was like, okay. And it's just a feel good song. Is it the best rap song ever in the history of rap songs? No, I, I don't believe so. But is it one of my favorite songs to hear and dance to? Absolutely. It feels good. It's fun. Um, it's not heavy. It's not talking about selling drugs and, you know, I got hoes and I'm a be a hoe. And it's not any of that. It's just a feel good song. And it's fun. And I love his voice. What I didn't know is that Duro, who is from Dallas, he went to Prairie View A&M. Shout out to HBCUs. <laughs> He went to Prairie View and he didn't finish because his music career took off. And um, so he started, um, you know, rapping, which I'm glad for because I love that song. He also is, if I'm not mistaken, I believe I read this, is the first rapper to secure a deal with an NFL team for like all of their music and um, like promo music and stuff with the Dallas Cowboys. That's dope as shit. Shout out to contracts. 
secure the bag, Doro. But anyway, check the song out. Really feel good music. I, I want you to hear how it comes in so you can understand what I'm talking about. Um, but I also want you to hear the chorus. Actually, you know what? I just want you to hear the chorus. And you can go and listen to the whole song for yourself because you got to hear how it kicks off. So just go ahead, sit back, listen to this little clip from the song, and then go listen to it yourself. Of course... The link is going to be in the show notes. You already know how I get down. Um, so check it out. I know you were bopping your head. I know you were. It's no way that you couldn't have been. But anyway, make sure you go to the show notes, listen to the song, and um, just get into it. It's good. Now, you know what time it is. Let's go ahead and get this party story. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, a 
podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I have eczema. I've had eczema since I was a toddler. Mm-hmm. And um, when I lived in California in high school, I can totally relate to some of the things that you're saying because my eczema was horrendous. Mm-hmm. And it was like ninth, 10th grade, maybe between 10th and 11th grade, excuse me, it got really, really bad. Yeah. And when you just mentioned peeling your clothes off, I remember... Um, Living in California, and I lived in Southern California, and um, I always wore pants because I didn't want to wear shorts because I didn't want people to see my legs. Mm -hmm. And I would wear pants, and when I came home at night, I would have to, like, peel the fibers of my Mm -hmm. denim out of my uh, raw skin because it was raw. Yeah, yeah, so I I get it. People think that eczema is just like, oh, it's just your hands are inflamed. But, I mean, it's inflamed, and um, it sometimes it would weep. You know, it would not pus, but it would be open flesh. Of course. And I would have to like sit and like peel because I couldn't use a washcloth because that would irritate it too much. So I would have to peel it or take like a um, paper towel that was wet under running water and kind of just like pat it and kind of try to pull it off. So I I definitely can um, relate to that. But for me. Nobody really knew it was still my little shameful secret because people didn't see my legs. They did see my neck. It was on my eyelids. It was on my neck, um, my arms and my legs. So they could see my arms, my neck and my eyelids. Um, But the peeling of the fibers like that was like my little. See, I've actually never mentioned it 
I haven't mentioned it ever to anybody, mm-hmm. <laughs> actually, yeah. until this moment. Yeah. Yeah. Any any chronic skin condition can be very just um, disruptive to our yeah. lives, you know? And it's tough when you are going through a specifically like a society that has such a hyper focus on the way that we look. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talked about culturally, but just as a whole. And that's what yeah. creates the shame for, yep. you know, for people living with this condition is the hyper focus on what our bodies look like. And so, you know, there are some individuals that can cover their you know, put mm-hmm. their shirts on and you won't see the HS, but there are some individuals who have it on their head or on their face mm-hmm. or on their neck and you mm-hmm. can see exactly what they're going through. Um, yeah. There's a gentleman by the name of um, Paul Taylor on TikTok who is a representation of that experience. And so, um, you know, unfortunately. I think I saw him uh, when I was looking, because I've been ever since um, we started discussing uh, doing this, I started, you know, doing some just deep digging. Dives. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. And I think I saw him as I went through your like Instagram. He's a black man. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched a few of his um, posts yeah. or I've seen a few of his posts. Yeah. Yeah. But I, what I was saying is that um, they have linked eczema to uh, the nervous system. Mm, and it being a condition that's connected to your nervous system. And I was wondering if um, there were any studies, but you said you would, you didn't really know. But I, 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 yeah, I remember being an adult, right, an adult and hearing that eczema or either my doctor telling me that eczema is a condition that is connected uh, to your nervous system. And for a long time, they didn't really know that. Yeah. And um, I was just wondering if HS was uh, connected to, if there was any... Um, information about it being connected to a certain system in the body? Um, I'm not sure about that. HS is something that um, we're still unsure where it originates from or how Mm -hmm. it, they have a a somewhat of an idea of how it develops, but not Mm -hmm. exactly what causes it. So the cause is very much unknown. Yeah, the root is very much unknown. Um, And that's, yeah. And so that's why we don't have a cure, honestly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um. So the scar tissue, uh, we were talking about um, what it looks like, like actually physically looks like. Mm -hmm. There's the scar tissue. You mentioned that there is a smell. I would imagine that that would come from the smell of like pus. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So how does one, when you have a flare up and you said you had the most severe um, level or Hurley level three, mm-hmm. what kind of precautions do you have to take if you're going out? Or, you know, do you have like, this is my uh, HS emergency kit bag that I'm going to put in my purse mm-hmm. when I go out? Like, what kind of precautions do you have to take? How does it affect your quality of life? You know, yeah. on a very low scale, because, you know, I think that people can understand like how it affects you, you know, on um a more grand scale, yeah. but on on a on a more simple scale, you know, we talked about like our outfits, but like yeah. things like that, like how does it affect like you just being able to run out to go to Target versus yeah. I can't just run out. I have to be prepared for anything. I love that you mentioned this because I my mom, who's been my caregiver forever, mm-hmm. she didn't realize how much HS impacted me, even though she's been through this journey with me since the beginning. And I explained to her, I was like, I think about HS 
24 Mm seven. And sometimes it's so sick that I dream about it. (laughs) So, you know, it permeates everything in my life. Mm -hmm. And so for an example, if I go out, um, I will have to get gauze. I'll have to mm-hmm. wrap myself up, make sure that I'm secure, me personally, um, so that if I do have any leakage that, it, you know, I'm, I'm taken care of. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes if I don't have anything with me, I'm rolling paper towel in the bathroom and yeah. like cleaning myself off and things of that nature. Um, so it's, it, it really, you know, and, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to articulate exactly like um, the mental process because mm-hmm. a lot of the time when I was dealing with this condition, I disassociated um, to protect myself because that was the okay. only way I was able to like get through the moments right. and actually like be where I'm at right now, which is not healthy. <laughs> but Absolutely. that's 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 what I did to cope um, in that moment. Um, but it's definitely you know, getting gauze um, for myself and also getting tape for myself so that I can be able to just feel like I'm I'm not like draining and dripping all over the place. That yeah. was my own personal, like, uh, secure method. That I get that. I get that. And I, it totally makes sense that you would say, um, like, people, like, take that kind of stuff for granted or don't can't identify with the fact that like, if I want to go to Target, I can just jump up, brush my teeth. If I if it's an emergency and run and go, but it impacts your life so much that there is no just get up and go because I have right. to be prepared in case, you know, you got to, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. That kind right. of thing. I need to make sure that I'm always prepared and covered literally and figuratively at all, yes. at all times. Um, how, how has it impacted your relationships and not just romantic ones are dating, but like your relationships with like friends, co-workers, but also dating because you are still a young woman, you know, you're 30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my personal relationships have been severely impacted because mm-hmm. a lot of the time I isolated myself because I yeah. was just like, I convinced myself nobody would number one, know how to deal with it or help me or support me through it. Um, and only my family could. And even that was limited, you know, yeah. uh, cause they weren't living it. So they couldn't yeah. really, they only could empathize with me. They couldn't mm-hmm. really know what I was physically dealing with. Um, So a lot of my relationships did suffer because I suffered in silence and then bearing that emotional weight um, Mm -hmm. and feeling resentful towards my friends because I'm just like, Mm -hmm. well, you're not helping me, but it's also Mm -hmm. like, okay, but you're not asking for help. So um, it was just a cycle that just really broke me down and created this like, you know, space of just being um, limited, like not having access to my community, um, which is I, I personally think is a huge part of dealing with any chronic illness is finding a mm-hmm. community of individuals to support you in personal life and within the community of individuals that you, you know, you're sharing this condition with. Um, and so my friendships definitely suffered. You know, I acted out a lot when I was a kid because of what I was dealing with and because mm-hmm. I didn't know how to articulate how it was impacting me. So my parents, my relationship with my parents suffered as well because Mm. of the way that I was acting. Um, And so um, my romantic relationships, I, for an example, I didn't date until I was in college. 
Um, mm. And that was very far and few in between. And it really weighed down on my self-esteem. So I didn't, of course, I didn't really think of anything above myself. So I took the bottom of the barrel. I was just like, oh, this person's interested. Great. Like, yeah. it was no standard. And then eventually, you know, at this point now, I'm just like, well, just because I have a chronic illness doesn't mean I'm not a prize. Like that's No, it. that's right, girl. You know, and what? so I've had to kind of like shift those things. But mm-hmm. my relationships on every level have been impacted by this condition just because of the severity, the symptoms, um, the presentation and just the overall like uh, just the, the mental barriers that it creates oh. as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would imagine um, that you talked about isolation and um, like just choosing to isolate yourself as a result of how you feel about yourself. Yeah. But you you definitely talked, you, you hit the nail on the head when you said you have to find uh, community, even within your community of people who are dealing with this con- condition in addition to your personal community, right? And I think you also said something that's really important. You have to ask for help because nobody knows, you know, nobody else knows what you're going through, right? Right. Right. I remember when I was um, 16, I had a neighbor. His name was Corey. He was 18. And Corey had a crush on me. And I was devastated because one of my friends started dating uh, one of my ex-boyfriends. I was devastated. Mm -hmm. And he said something to me that... I will never let go of for the rest of my life. He said, well, did you talk to her about it? And I said, no, she's my friend. She should know. Friends should not do this to each other. And he said, you have to treat everybody like they're stupid. And I said, Mm -hmm. wait, what do you mean? He said, people cannot read your mind. People don't know what you're going through. They don't know how you feel. They can only gauge by how you present and what you tell them. So if you don't tell them, they can always say, well, you never said anything, so I didn't know. So Mm -hmm. I will never forget that. And it's kind of along the same vein as, you know, if you don't tell your friends, they know you have a condition. They don't know it hurts. They don't know the inconveniences you have to deal with. And they definitely don't know the the mental anguish and the emotional anguish that it, uh, the toll that it takes on you. Because, you know, who's walking around saying, oh, my self-esteem is being affected by this condition. Like people typically don't do things like that because Mm -hmm. that is a very vulnerable state. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, um, I've had both sides of support and then also individuals who didn't understand and distance themselves. And so it's not going to, you know, I think I... I really wanted a lot of my friends and a lot of communities to rally around me. And I do have Mm -hmm. that. At the same time, I did lose friends as well. I did lose connections to people. Um, And that's just a part of dealing with anything that um, is less glamorizing, you know? Absolutely. So um, that that, that was a part of my experience and I had to sit with that. And that's also a part of the emotional weight that um, I've had to deal with as an adult. Um, I've gotten a lot better at this, but, you know, as a child, it was very complicated to navigate. And I would imagine as a young woman, when you got to college and you're starting to, you know, blossom into womanhood, like I'm sure that, you know, that was a lot to deal with. In dealing with that, I am curious um, because a lot of the things that you mentioned and you said emotional um, and mental anguish and or stress and, you know, isolation, a lot of like words that 
like made my antennae go up or my antenna go up antennae because I'm talking about two because mm-hmm. I have two. Um, you guys can't see me, but I t- put two fingers up <laughs> on the sides of my head for my antennas. Um, about how you deal with that, because it's one thing yeah. to deal with the physical aspect of the condition. But, yeah. you know, how are you dealing with or how have you dealt or what healing modalities have you incorporated in your life to help you deal with feeling isolated, feeling lonely, mm-hmm. um, feeling undesirable, yeah. um, dealing with the breakdown of your relationships, not knowing how that that emotional and mental um Anguish, like, what have you done to, like, kind of start or incorporate that kind of healing into your life? Yeah, so um, it has been a journey to get to this point, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I first had to ask for help mm-hmm. because that isolation and suffering on my own was getting to, um, and this is a trigger warning, a very dangerous place. And I needed help. And it wasn't until I went to my dermatologist and I had a very rare dermatologist that treated me, one of the best in the country. I was very privileged um, Mm -hmm. dealing with this condition, I have to admit. Um, And he looked at me one day and he asked, he was like, how are you doing mentally? Mm -hmm. I broke down. I broke down right in front of him. I couldn't hold it back. I was at my last wit's end. I was at the end of my rope. And um, he recommended that I see a, a, a therapist that was uh, specialized in treating HS patients, with their, which there are not a lot of. Um, awesome. I want to say there may be one, but I, I don't know. Um, yeah. I definitely know the one that I saw. And that was, okay. the, you know, so um, I, I went to go see her and we started going through and unpacking my trauma and things of that nature, really talking about some of the experiences that I dealt with. And one of the things that she mentioned was that maybe um, advocacy or just telling my story mm-hmm. would heal me. And mm-hmm. she was like, maybe this would be, you know, being a part of support groups. Maybe one day you'll be able to like talk about your story publicly. Maybe you'll be able to be an advocate. And so she was the person who planted the seed of what I'm doing today. And she probably would not take all of this credit whatsoever, Mm -hmm. but she really was the person who planted the seed. Um, And and where I'm going with this is, is that, you know, the, the first step is always asking for help for me personally. I was like, I had to get outside of myself and find resources And then Mm -hmm. the second thing was figuring out how to connect to community. And so I looked online and I found groups on Facebook. I found support groups on social media. Mm -hmm. And then the next step for me was really figuring out how to tell my story. And it wasn't easy because I was I dealt with so much. Um, I, I played like mental gymnastics. I was like, well, if I tell my story, then what is the boy that I have a crush on going to think when I post it on social media? Like, you know, he's going to think it's like, you know, all of these things. And so. Um, then I started becoming an advocate and actually telling my story on more and more platforms and mm-hmm. being a part of more and more awareness campaigns. And it got easier and easier. But, you know, um, that was what I did to kind of like cope and to heal. And I don't want to say that like this is like a crescendo of like, oh, I'm healed. I'm finished dealing yeah. with this. This is something I know for a fact I'm going to be healing from for the rest of my life just because of the nature of this condition um, and trauma that I've lived through as a child comes up every single day. And I'm just like, dang, I did not know I pushed that to the back of my head. That's crazy, you know? 
And so um, that's really what I've done to cope. And then also, you know, I'm huge into somatic practices and things of that nature. So I have friends who are very much energetic healers and things of that nature. So I've leaned into different modalities um, from spiritual to mental to emotional to Mm -hmm. physical to help and get that holistic um, spiritual healing for myself. And that's what's helped me, honestly. That is, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think that when it comes to trauma and um, I'm going to ask you a question about trauma in one in a second. But when it comes to trauma or when it comes to healing, period, I think that so many people assume that healing is um, a destination, yeah. you know, and it's like, OK, I can see it. It's over there. I'm going to be healed from this thing mm-hmm. and then I'll be fine. Yeah, it doesn't really work that way, because once you get to that spot, something else is going to pop up. Because trauma impacts our entire bodies from our brains, our hair follicles, our sweat glands, our toenails, you know, our teeth, our heart, you know, and our our gut. And I don't think that people really understand that trauma doesn't just make us sad or angry or confused. It is affecting everything on our bodies. So on our bodies and in our bodies. So it's not a, a destination. It's a journey. And it's a never ending journey. And it's I tell my therapist all the time um, and it's I totally can relate to what you said about you feeling very privileged because your therapist was dynamic or amazing. My therapist Mm -hmm. is a god to me. She that woman, I know for a fact that God was like, you know what? I'm going to just go ahead and give you this lady because (laughs) this is what you need. I mean, she is. A godsend, and she is a god to me. And so, I want you to speak more to because some people um, with small minds or who are not as open minded may hear you talk about trauma and not understand what that means. Like, oh, she didn't experience this. Oh, no, you know, because they can't relate. What was traumatic for you as a child, or what you know? Talk to me a little bit about what that looks like in terms of trauma. Yeah. So dealing with trauma as a child, um, like I was saying before, um, I did a lot of disassociation Mm -hmm. um, and I really leaned onto my healthcare professional to kind of like help me and assist me. Um, And once again, I was very privileged in my experience to be able to do that. Um, But when I was a child, I really didn't have anything to be truthfully honest with you. Um, it was a lot of just kind of isolating myself. It was a lot of test trial and error. Um, Mm -hmm. and there was really nothing to test to be truthfully honest. Um, unfortunately it wasn't until I was an adult that I really was able to, um, utilize resources and really like, um, figure out some ways to like effectively heal myself. My parents did put me into therapy, but that was for other things that was unrelated to my condition. Okay. Um, and that was a result of me just acting out. So a lot acting of it was out. just me lashing out in ways mm-hmm. that, you know, were very much unhealthy. Right. Yeah. Got unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, we're, we're human. And I think that sometimes people forget that children are just little humans. Right. And so when you think about how we act out as adults to things, something as small as driving down the street, somebody cuts you off. And immediately the first thing you do is say, get the fuck out of the way. Mm. Like children are just smaller versions of adults. Right. And so if 
some adults don't have the tools that they need to know how to heal, then imagine a child not knowing. Sorry. Imagine a child not knowing how to move forward or how to deal with certain things. Um, I want you to tell me about uh, the series and how people can access it and um, how to get to it. Yeah, absolutely. I I love that you asked that question. So um, the the series is available now online um, and you can go to shinealightonhs.com. Um, and that is, it, it sounds exactly how it's spelled, uh, or spelled exactly how it sounds, sorry. Um, so shine a light on hs.com and, uh, it's the beacons illuminating HS stories. And that is the name of the series. And so, uh, you'll be able to see the six docu-series that are, um, just views of HS from, um, six different individuals dealing with it. So you'll learn about relationships, learn about advocacy, learn about, you know, working with HS, things of that nature. Um, It's just a very powerful, well-rounded docuseries. I'm very, very proud to be a part of it. Okay, that's awesome. And how can people find you on social media? Absolutely. So on socials, I am um, who is Ivana, and that is W-H-O-I-S-I-V-A-N-N-A. And then I also have a nonprofit um, for hydrogenitis suppurativa and inflammatory diseases. And that's called the Association of Hydrogenitis Suppurativa and Inflammatory Diseases, or AHSID. And so that's the AHSID, T-H-E-A-H-S-I-D on social media platforms. Um, And uh, that's where you can follow me. (laughs) Okay, awesome. And I will put links to all of those to your social media, um, your foundation, your nonprofit, and to uh, the docuseries so people can check it out. I'll put those in my show notes. Um, Tell me where uh, people can, like, let's say I'm listening to this and I'm like, wait a minute. Sometimes I have abscesses or, you know, I I deal with that and they've just never talked to anybody about that. What should they do? Yeah. um, So I would always recommend to see a dermatologist, find an HS specialist, see your primary care physician to get an official diagnosis. Um, I want to plug one of um, the foundations that I feel like um, is a good resource for finding a specialist. And that's the HS Foundation. And um, (coughs) excuse me. In the HS Foundation, you can go on their website and you can find a specialist by looking at their map. And Mm -hmm. then you'll be able to select where you live and maybe find a specialist in your area. Okay, awesome. And I will put a link to that uh, as well in the show notes for uh, you friends and kin. I'm so grateful to have been able to be in conversation with Jasmine today uh, because, again, this is a story that does not get told often in general, but particularly in our community. So I'm grateful that you took the time out to speak with me uh, today, Jasmine. And um, I wish you all of the luck on your upcoming uh, endeavors. Um, Hopefully the docuseries goes to the Cannes Film Festival. Wouldn't that be awesome? (laughs) Fingers crossed. Um, (laughs) Yes, or Sundance. Um, And I am uh, grateful as a person in uh, the Black community 
community and as a yeah. woman, a black woman, I'm grateful for the advocacy work that you are doing. Um, I, I'm grateful for that for for us. I appreciate that. And I'm glad yeah. uh, that you took the time to talk to me today. Thank you so much for having me. All of this work is very much a passion of mine. And, you know, this is what I, I live for. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk about this and to share a platform with us. We really deeply appreciate it. Of course, of course. So again, thank you. And I will make sure to put in the show notes all of the things uh, that Jasmine mentioned so that if anyone listening uh, knows anyone who could be dealing with some of the symptoms or knows anyone who definitely has already been diagnosed, they can pass the information on if it's not you yourself. Again, thank you and peace. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know what. God, if you show me, God, if you tell me, God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s 
to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects the gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always gonna have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In today's um, straight facts question, it is a little strange. I'm not sure who sent it in, but it's a little strange to me. And it's a little strange because it is a little too close to um, some personal things that I've experienced before. But either way, I'm going to get into the question and hopefully uh, I will answer it and be helpful to the person who sent it in. And um, we all know I'm going to answer it to the best of my ability and I'm going to be as honest as possible. So the question says, hi, Mimi, I think I know how you will answer this, but still would appreciate your opinion. One of my closest and best friends had a friend that she was close to. Her other friend, let's call her, let's call her Candace, was quite an interesting character. Candace and my friend weren't on speaking terms anymore, but not because my friend didn't want that. Candace didn't want any contact with her. This is so weird. This was not unusual for Candace, as she had a family member she also cut off. She also cut off mutual friends that remained in contact with my friend. Okay, I'm getting a little confused. When Candace and my friend were just getting to know each other years ago, maybe 2011, I met Candace in person. We only met one time, and in my mind, it wasn't anything remarkable because I can barely remember what she looks like or what we talked about. Anyway, from that one encounter, Candace decided that she didn't like me. I found this out when I went to visit my friend who was living in the same city as Candace at the time. Candace didn't want me in her house and didn't hang with us at all while I was there. I didn't really feel any type of way about it because I barely remembered meeting her. And I was always just very curious if I did something to offend her or how I may have come off to her. 
My friend keeps reminding me that everyone doesn't have to like me and I have to learn to accept that. Unfortunately, Candace recently passed away suddenly. My friend seems to be coping as she has made her peace with them not being in each other's lives when Candace cut off communication. My question is, if my friend goes to the funeral, would it be inappropriate for me to go in support of my friend? Should I go to the funeral of someone who I know didn't like me? And this is from Monica, who she says she's from the East Coast. Okay, Monica, this is kind of how this goes. And I'm not going to, you know, this, the question was long, so I'm not, my my response is not going to be long because it's real simple. You do what you want to (laughs) do. Like, you do what you want to do. If your spirit is saying that you should go to the funeral, not for Candace, but to support your friend, then you go. Because it's not about Candace. Not to be rude, but she did. She ain't even here no more. Right? So it's not about her when it comes to you. For your friend, it's about going because Candace was her friend, even though Candace cut her off. For your friend, it's about going to grieve her friend. For you, though, Monica, it is about going to support your friend. It's not like Candace is going to be there and she's going to, you know, cuss you out for coming to her funeral. That's not going to happen. It is about you going to support your friend. And a friend is going to support a friend, especially in times of need, especially when they are grieving, especially when they are sad or they are down, uh, depressed. When they're in the dumps, when they're not doing well, you, you support your friend. And so personally, if it were me, I would go to support my friend. Um, who cares if she didn't like you? You know what I mean? Like, that fucking doesn't mean that 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 holds no weight in your life because realistically she cut you off and she cut the friend off like i mean not cut you off but she don't fool with you but she cut your friend off too so and that was her friend so you know that doesn't matter what matters is how we show up for uh the people we love and we care about and so i think that it is important as uh a friend of the young lady who was grieving the loss of her friend who did pass, Candace, um, I think it's important for you to go to support her. Now, if it makes you uncomfortable to go, <clears throat> excuse me, if it makes you uncomfortable to go, then I would say don't go to plan, don't plan to go and spend a lot of time. But sometimes I do believe, although I push, don't do anything you don't want to do and do the things you want to do, sometimes it is you have to make compromise. There has to be a compromise or you have to sacrifice something. And I think that in this moment, uh, your friend really needs you. And I would suggest um, that you go and support her. Now, if your spirit is telling you, no, bitch, don't go. No, no, no. Then don't go. But I think that it would be the right thing to do to go to support your friend. And remember that that is your focus. Your focus is not going um, in memory of someone who didn't like you or going to the funeral of someone who doesn't like you or who didn't like you. She probably don't like you in um, post-mortem either, to be honest. But it's not about going to the funeral of someone who doesn't like you. It's about going to the funeral to support your friend who lost someone that she loves and cares about, even though she may have cut her off. And that's all I got for you, Monica. Uh, Good luck with that. 
That's tough. Friendship stuff can get tough, man. Um, this is very creepy, though. Um, yeah, this is weird. But anyway, we ain't going to uh, harbor on this. Friends and him for today's We Got to Do Better. I went to um, one of our community's most beloved jazz artists. I found this in this book that I have. And for me, um, this article, excuse me, this article, this quote, excuse me, um, it hit me in the back of my head when I read it yesterday. And I said, you know what? This is the one for me for this episode, because it's really about how I'm feeling. And it's funny when I choose these quotes, it's just really about what my spirit says. A lot of these things, the music, um, the drinks, uh, you know, it's about what my spirit says. This is a very uh, spirit led show. Hand me my purses. And so the quote, um, like I said, it, it hit me. Uh, it was all in my business. And it says, it's from the legendary uh, John Coltrane. Shout out to John Coltrane. But it says, forget the rules because you have to play all 12 notes of your solo anyway. I love that. Forget the rules because you have to play all 12 notes of your solo anyway. Because ain't that the truth? You, you got to do it. You're going to have to do it anyway. So forget all the rules and just do it your way. And not only just do it your way, but do the thing. Whatever the thing is, do it. Because you got to, you got to, you're going to have to play your solo and you're going to have to play all 12 notes. You're going to have to do it out anyway. So do it and do it all and do it right. I love that. Come on through, Uncle John. Friends and kin, first and foremost, I would like to start off by saying thank you to God because God is supreme and I recognize and appreciate the grace that God extends to me every single day of my black ass life. I want to say thank you to my people. I want to say thank you to each and every one of you that's been rocking with me since day one, ever since March the 1st of 2020. I appreciate you. I'm grateful for you and thank you. I appreciate you for being here. And even you, if, excuse me, and even if you just started listening today or you just started listening in June, I thank you for that as well. Either way, I'm grateful. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for my family, my friends, my friends and kin, all of my supporters. And of course, most importantly, every single one of you guys out there listening. I love you guys so much. And it is nothing short of an honor and a privilege and a joy to share my time and energy with you, especially if you keep coming back to spend time with me. I look forward to the next time that we get to do this with one another. I also want to say today, the day that this is released, is my little brother's birthday. Happy birthday, AJ. Now, before you exit out of whatever streaming service you're using to listen to this, stop what you're doing. And if you haven't already done so, look for the subscribe or follow button. Click on that if it's an option on the streaming service where you're listening. Next, I want you to go over to Instagrams and follow me at handmemypurse underscore podcast. You can also follow me on threads and you can find the link to my threads account on the front of my Instagram profile. 
On Facebook, just search Hand Me My Purse Podcast. And I'm kind of on a break from Twitter because, you know, Elon Musk. Anyway, if you listen on a streaming service or medium that allows you to do so, please take a few minutes to rate and review the show or give it a thumbs up. I want to say a big fat old thank you to the people who have been leaving reviews. I appreciate you. You have no idea. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. How much I appreciate you. I do. Like, I I can't even explain how much I really, really am grateful that you took the time out to leave them. And you know what? I'm going to read one of them. Hold for a second. This one says, I am loving this podcast. Auntie Mimi is a real... Uh, is the real auntie we all wish we had. Her topics are always interesting. Her voice is so soothing. I want to thank you. It It's easy to lose track of time and be surprised when you've been listening for over an hour and the episode is over. If you want to escape and just hang out with some friends for an hour or so, hang out with Auntie Mimi. I have joyed enjoyed each and every episode I have listened to. And that's from Auntie Tanya the Leo. Thank you so much. Shout out to Auntie Tanya the Leo. <laughs> I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Friends, and can be sure to share. Hand me my purse with your friends, your loved ones, and even your enemies, because the best way for people to find out about this show is by you guys telling them all about it. So tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Submit your questions for the Straight Facts segment to hello at handmemypurse.com. Not a lot of you do it that way, but that's fine. With the subject line, Straight Facts, Or what you can do is go to my Instagram profile. You can click on the link there in the profile in the bio. And if you look on the buttons, you will see submit a question for straight facts. Boom. Booyah. Black cacao. It's right there for you. Go ahead and submit your questions. I've got some good questions in lately, so I can't wait um, to read them to you guys. Also, remember that show notes are always available in the episode description wherever you are listening to the show. Be sure to take a look at the show notes because that is where I put all of the links and other information that I mentioned during the show that you may want to check out in addition to some stuff I just want to share with you. Also, just so you know, the music for Hand Me My Purse is provided by none other than West Baltimore's own Gloomy Tunes. Shout out to Gloomy Tunes in the class of 2018. And last but not least, I want to give a big old shout out to my production team. Together, we make up Rando Banjo and the Dirty Throats. Shout out to Evelyn Taylor. And a big old shout out to Rando Banjo and the Dirty Throats. I look forward to you looking forward to listening to Hand Me My Purse, the podcast, each and every Tuesday. And I'm out this bitch. Peace. Hand Me My Purse is a production of iHeart Podcasts. For more shows from iHeart Podcasts, visit the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 